What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate the continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener today, thank you so much for hopping aboard the pirate ship. You can find me at march4th.podbean.com. That is the host site for every new episode as well as past episodes. You can also follow me on socials on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman and on Instagram at March4thPod. You're listening right now, so you made it here somehow. And I appreciate that uh, that you're joining me today for this episode and that you're listening to the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast, man. Thank you so much. Giving you guys stories of perseverance and moving forward, and that's what I'm trying to do. We're midway through the first month of 2021 after a tumultuous 2020 to say the least definitely the craziest year of my life but that being said you know through all of that difficulty one thing that that i noticed and that i really appreciated was that there were still a lot of people out there you know who were who were helping each other out who were looking out for each other who were being good to each other who are really living what I say at the end of every podcast that I do is a tribute to my grandpa, keeping the faith and being kind to one another. And that is central to to really what this podcast is all about in terms of perseverance and moving forward. You know, obviously, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I have a lot of musicians on here just because I love music. And that's just a personal love of mine ever since I was a little kid. You know, but beyond that, I, I, I really want to expand and continue to expand this show in 2021 uh, to feature people from, from other avenues and walks of life and the stories that they have of perseverance and moving forward. And, you know, one thing about me is that uh, as a native of Toledo, Ohio, growing up in the Midwest, you know, there is a certain toughness and a certain grit and a certain pride that I really do feel like people from where I'm from have, you know, Toledo is, is a hardworking town. There's a lot of blue collar people there who, um, work hard, take care of their families. And there's a lot of pride in Toledo. You know, there's a lot of history there, uh, in terms of the automotive industry, in terms of hockey history. Um, you know, Gene Kranz, who went to my alma mater of Toledo Central Catholic High School, was the leader of the Apollo 13 mission. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of really cool lineage where I'm from. The music scene, I've talked about a lot on this show. You know, bands like the Black Keys and the White Stripes used to play there back in the day when they were starting out. So I have a lot of pride in where I'm from, you know, but one thing I also really appreciate, you know, not only in people where I'm from, but just anybody that I meet are people who... Uh, would literally give you the shirt off their back. People who are kind, down to earth, they care about each other, they care about taking care of each other. And so this episode features somebody from my hometown, somebody who went to my alma mater, Toledo Central Catholic, who really I feel like is living that with his company and what he's doing and, and what he's trying to do in terms of spreading the love, taking care of people the community, and somebody who has pride in where he's from. And that's none other than John Amato, owner of Jupe Mode Clothing Company based in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Jupe Mode is spelled J-U-P-M-O-D-E. As, uh, as you will hear in this, this conversation, you'll, you'll hear about how that name came to be. But John, as I said, went to the same high school as me. He then got his college education at the University of Notre Dame. And after spending a little time overseas, when he came back home, 
he had an idea for a uh, what he thought would be a cool T-shirt. And his dad basically challenged him and said, well, hey, man, you know, if you think that's a good idea, you know, why not you, you know, try to come up with uh, with the design and see if you can, you know, get these T-shirts made. And, you know, what started as a single idea for a single T-shirt turned into a business that is now 15 years old. After starting in 2006, Jute Mode is still alive and well in 2021. Uh, they have a lot of really cool designs. You know, their designs are vintage inspired. They're very comfortable. They've got buttery soft T-shirts, raglans, outerwear, sweatshirts, sweatpants, hats, you name it, um, but central to their designs are pride and focus on the heritage and history of Northwest Ohio, and that has since expanded over the years to more of the Midwest in general. They've got some really cool crew necks that say Midwesterner, Ohioan, Michigander, and if you're a fellow Midwesterner, listen to this podcast, and John and I talk about that. Uh, there's just there's just a certain way about Midwest people, man. Um, you know, down to earth, hardworking, straightforward, you know, kind, but at the same time, tough. There's a grit there. There's a blue collar mindset there. And that is central to a lot of the designs that Jute Mode creates and makes, but they also do custom work, as you'll hear in this show. But beyond the fact that they do really cool designs and have some really awesome clothing, www.jutemode.com. Um, please check it out. But beyond that, man, um, you know, part of the core values of Jute Mode are giving back to the community and looking out for each other. And that is in lockstep with with this podcast and the stories that I want to share are people who are good to each other, man, and people who persevere through tough times, move forward and also lift up their fellow human beings along the way. And Jute Mode and John are great examples of that. Their Here for Good campaign raised more than $135,000 in 2020. They helped over 500 businesses. They also raised around $60,000 for nonprofits and created T-shirts. Uh, you know, uh, one of them was um, Healthcare Hero. You know, uh, inspired by all the nurses and the frontline healthcare workers who are battling uh, the COVID-19 pandemic every single day. They go to work helping patients. And, and, you know, that's just a few examples, man. Um, it's central to what they do. It's what they're about. And uh, it's something that I thought was really cool and something that I wanted to share with you guys. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with John Amato, owner of Jute Mode Clothing. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to do this, man. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, kind of like when I when I reached out to you, I really in 2021, you know, the the thread of this podcast kind of being perseverance and moving forward. As somebody who's like a music junkie, that's a lot of the shows that I've had have kind of feature artists and and sort of the journeys that they've been on. But you know, from a distance, I've I've watched Jute Mode grow. Um, I have a, you know, glass city raglan I've gifted, uh, you guys did like a Toledo sports arena, I believe shirt, but it was in uh, Toledo gold diggers colors. And I got that for one of my mentors and close friends down here because he used to go to those games back in the day. So, you know, from a distance I've, I've watched jute mode grow and just from 
enjoying the products, it's also being really cool being from Toledo and being a Toledo native. Like we were just discussing before I hit the the record button, I always enjoy featuring anybody uh, from my hometown who I really feel like is doing great things out there. And one thing I think that's really cool about your business is the community aspect from the designs initially with the You Will Do Better in Toledo. You always had the historical, I feel like, ties in, tie-ins to to the designs, but but it's grown even more over the past year in a tough year for a lot of people and in, in, right. in, uh, giving back and what you guys have been doing. So, so first, I just want to say thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So just just to kind of to to go back a little bit, you know, the the first part of this might be a little inside baseball for for people who listen to right. this uh, in other in other parts. Uh, but uh, we we are fellow Central Catholic grads. I think I just missed you because your brother Dan yeah. was a year above me. I graduated in '06. Yeah, right? I would have so been '01. You were you were '01. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and that's another cool thing and why I wanted to get you on here too. It's always cool when not only somebody local from Toledo, but somebody from Central is doing good stuff. But, you know, for you, man, take me through kind of, I guess, um, you know, not to go through your childhood. We're not going to write right. a biography here and I don't want to keep you for three hours. But um, in terms of the starting place for this business, I know it started with the Jim Trestle t-shirt, right? But I guess sort of foundationally for you, John, um, what was kind of the impetus or the beginnings, you know, when you were coming out of Central, you know, obviously, you you know, you played sports in, in high school and stuff. Um, was it ever, you know, in your mind to have your own business one day or was this something that kind of just just happened through, you know, circumstance and just kind of uh, from what I understand, the, the challenge from your dad to, 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 to be the one to come up with the sweater vest T-shirt? Right. Yeah. So. The, uh, I suppose the somewhat unique thing about my childhood, at least it, from a business perspective, is that um, my older brother started a lawn mowing business when he was in seventh grade, and I was two years behind him. And um, it's kind of where the name comes from as well, Jupe Mode, because the lawn business that he started was called Jupiter Pro Lawn Care. He was working on a planet, uh, on a project on the planet Jupiter at the time, and being in seventh grade, he decided that should be the name for the business. And so... Um, it's kind of where that comes from, but my older brother started the business. I worked for him. Uh, I took it over when he left for college and then, uh, my younger brother, Dan, whom, you know, he, uh, he took it over after us. So we had it for about 12 years. Um, it was a really good business to have when you're that age, you make, good, yeah. you make good money more than you normally would for, um, you know, a high school kid or even younger, um, cutting grass. It's fun. You're outside. Um, and it was some of the first shirts that we ever made. So we had, I had somewhat of an entrepreneurial spirit at that age. It was something that kind of runs in my dad's side of the family. Um, and so he, he was a big influence in that way. And he, um, he comes from the fundraising sector, uh, working okay. at nonprofits. And so he was always introducing us to business owners as well. And so to be honest, I, I wouldn't say I, I was really cut out to start my own business. It just kind of happen that way. Um, and, you know, 14 years later, it seems to be working out, but it, um, it, it started with a, the lawn mowing business and grew from there. Okay. And so in jupe mode was, was that 2006, 2007, if my memory serves me yeah. right, sort of with the, the trestle t-shirts. Right. That's correct. The first shirt, the first year we started selling the shirt was in 2007. Okay. Um, 
And uh, we started selling in October that year, uh, barely got it out in time for the season. Um, and as you mentioned, it was just kind of on a whim. My dad um, kind of challenged me to actually make the shirt after I came up with the idea just while watching an Ohio State football game. I said, hey, this would be a cool idea. And uh, I followed through. I had a sample made. Um, it was licensed by the Ohio State University, and so, which in hindsight, it's amazing that they ever gave me permission to make it because the sample really wasn't very good. <laughs> and then, um, and really, I was just some kid who sent them one shirt. And nowadays, um, it, it would be so unlikely that that would happen. I really didn't have much of a business plan. Um, and uh, there were a few other things that fell into place in terms of Ohio State's licensing that um, that really made it advantageous for me to be applying there specifically as opposed to almost any other college in the country. And so um, that's where I got my start. And uh, things kind of evolved from there. Um, uh, you know, if people are listening to this or from Ohio, they'll, they'll know who Jim Trestle is. But if people don't, he was the head fo- football coach at Ohio State for a number of years, early 2000s. And um, he'd wear a sweater vest and tie on the sideline. And the shirt that I made looked like that. And so it was a pretty unique shirt. Sales uh, sales were pretty good considering it was just one shirt. And, um, you know, unfortunately he left there, which, uh, you know, wasn't good for shirt sales. But it, it, it made me change the business. And so um, it was actually in changing the business that we were able to grow. What was that like, man, just being – because you mentioned you graduated high school in 2001. So 2006, you're what? You were 20, 23 years old, 23-year-old dude, you know, um, were you, were you out of college at that point? And then, and yeah. then I guess my follow-up to that would be, what was that like for you to just see, to come up with that concept and then see people wearing the shirt and stuff? That's got to be a trip. Yeah. So after, uh, after college, um, I spent a year overseas. I was in France. I had an internship. I was there about, I think, like eight months. Um, and it was just kind of one of those uh, experiences that I wanted to have. I didn't get during my, my college year, so I thought it'd be fun. And so that put me coming home in, uh, in 2006. And, um, and so I was about a year out of college when um, I was back home and trying to figure out what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And um, I started, my dad and I were talking about different ideas. I started a different idea, which was kind of a a networking idea for high schools, primarily an alumni networking thing. And while that was happening, I came up with, um, you know, with the idea for this shirt. And so, um, you know, I was pretty young at the time and, uh, you know, that was good for some reasons. Um, but it was also, uh, um, you know, made things challenging as well. So it was kind of a mixed bag in that way. Um, but you know, um, Looking back, I'm I'm happy with the the way that things happen there, and um, and uh, you know you learn a lot when you're basically on your own at a young age, just trying to figure things out. Because you try things, you iterate, you learn from what's not working, and and, and you adapt. And so um, I think that was ingrained at me early on, and it's still a big part of of what we do. And where where did you go to college, John? I went to Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, while you were at Notre Dame, you know, what, what was that experience like? I mean, obviously it's one of the best educations you can get in in the, not only the country, but the world. Um, you know, at that time, you know, you mentioned this challenge from your dad, but, um, 
what were you studying in college at, at that time? I mean, could you have even seen this being on the horizon for you when, when you look back at those days? Yeah, you know, this wasn't really something that I saw myself doing. I always kind of thought it'd be fun to start my own business. But, um, you know, frankly, looking back, I was one of those guys who really didn't plan much or think too far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I got to college and I was really out of place. I, um, I ended up at a school that I thought was more of a liberal arts school, but it really felt more like a business school. Um, everybody was going the business route, finance, accounting, things like that. And um, I just didn't know any better. So I went business and initially thought I'd be a finance major for some reason. And um, fortunately, my grade wasn't good enough in the intro to finance. And so they wouldn't let me be finance. And I ended up in marketing. And, uh, and marketing was, um, it ended up being pretty good for me, I think. I, I do a fair amount of marketing now. It's one of my primary roles with what we do. Um, but I do, I do have a business background, I, I suppose, from um, my education and at Notre Dame, that's, that's, that's what I studied and, um, uh, you know, has, has benefited me in different ways since then. And how was that experience in France? Cause I know that's part of the name of juke mode, right? Like right. mode is the, the French word for fashion. Is yep. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of put the two, two things together, Jupiter and fashion. And, you know, I really enjoyed my time overseas. Um, it was one of those things, one of those experiences that I wish I had in college. A lot of kids studied abroad. I didn't qualify for the program. And then, uh, all the, I, I kind of ended up there by default, all the jobs I applied for in college, I didn't get. And so I decided, all right, let's see if I can uh, go abroad. It was fortunate enough to find an internship. Um, and then after college, I worked for an electrician. Um, so I made a bunch of money that summer straight out of college and, it paid my way to go there um, and kind of kept me afloat, even though I had, you know, was living in, in Paris, which was fairly expensive. And um, as I said before we started recording here, it was just a really, it was a really broadening experience. I think getting outside the country, um, living on your own for the first time, you learn a lot about yourself, you learn a lot about other people. And so it also made me appreciate coming back home a lot more. Um, I saw Toledo, I saw my family in a different light and, and it's one reason that I'm I'm happy to be back in town. What what was foundational? Um, if if there's some aspects or some some lessons you took from that experience that you still carry with you to this day as a, as like a business owner and just and just as a person, you know, especially living in a different country. Because like I remember when I moved, you know, 500 miles away from Toledo to yeah. to Nashville, and that like I can't imagine what it was like going over the ocean, you know, and being in a different place in a different language. Yeah, you know, it was what it really helped. I think with my independence, um, it, it helped me figure out how to make decisions, trust myself, um, and to uh, and to feel comfortable making those decisions on my own. Um, it it was also, it, you know, I mentioned earlier that it was broadening and it was an interesting experience because I was surrounded all day by people who were completely different than me um, culturally and in, 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 many other ways. And so, um, I think it's important to, um, to have that viewpoint, um, to understand the diversity and in, in the audience that I'm trying to reach as somebody who sells t-shirts and that I'm not necessarily the cookie cutter or the template for everyone who wants a specific shirt design. And so it really makes you think beyond yourself. Um, and so I think that as well as just learning to become independent on my own uh, were, the, were two of the biggest benefits.
That's awesome, man. So, you know, going back to being, you know, 23, 24 years old, the, the trestle, the trestle shirts are, are selling well at what point after that, sort of that, uh, you know, that challenge from your dad, like, Hey, you know, you can be the guy that does this and figures this out. At what point does that then turn into, okay, cool. I think I have something with this. Maybe I can actually get into the, the screen printing business. Like when, when did that sort of light bulb go off for you? So I, I honestly didn't ever think that I would end up screen printing on my own. When I first got into it, I thought I'd primarily sell online and then sell into stores. And so that was the route that I was going. I thought, I thought I was a retail brand and, um, you know, it, it really took me until Trestle left Ohio state to realize, Hey, I, I need to do something different because this is not working. And there, there were moments before that where I realized, Hey, this is a lot of fun. Well, this is a hobby right now. And if I want to make this a business, if I want to make this something that, um, you know, can put food on the table for myself, I need to do something else. And I had, um, when I first started it, it was my primary focus. It was the only thing that I was doing. But shortly thereafter, I, I did pick up second jobs here and there. Yeah. And so I was working, you know, I worked at a call center. I worked at a coffee shop. I was, you know, dog sitting so that I could, you know, pay for what I needed to pay for because I was reinvesting everything I could into the business. And so, um, you know, when Trestle decided to leave, that's when I knew, okay, I'm losing my primary, primary source of revenue here. I need to do something a little bit different. And I had been in screen print shops. I had people ask me about printing shirts for them. And that's when I realized, okay, this is something that I need to look into. Um, I started doing some research and I don't know if anybody listening has ever done screen printing. Screen printing is very popular in the music industry. Mm -hmm. um, and you're talking to a lot of musicians. They learn to print for themselves and they start printing for other bands. A lot of the best and in, in largest screen print shops in the country um, evolved out of bands. And so hopefully some people have familiarity with this. But, um, you know, I was in a similar spot where I was like, okay, let's see if I can figure this out. And I found some used equipment that was pretty inexpensive. You know, startup costs really aren't that great um, if you do it right. And so um, I picked up some used equipment. I was lucky I found a, a small studio space in Perrysburg, actually, which is a suburb of Toledo, um, that the landlord, the, the previous tenant, moved, uh, cut their space in half. And so there was about 1,500 square feet left over. And my rent was dirt cheap to start, and it allowed me to to get going. And so, um, you know, I, I started screen printing on my own out of necessity. Um, I had to do it or I had to try at least something else if I was going to make this, um, a career or a real business. That's awesome, man. And, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, um, just, just, you know, like you don't learn to swim until you jump in the water, which, which it sounds like, well, duh. But, but I think, um, you know, so many of us, myself included, like I'm a perfectionist and I'm kind of like OCD. So yeah. sometimes I, I'll, I'll start at A, but I'll already be thinking about Z. I'll already be thinking about the end point. And, and from, you know, even talking to you now and, and getting ready for this, I watched the, uh, there was a cool, there's a cool video on YouTube that I hope people check out too after this, uh, that you did with, uh, Code City Talks. And, you know, you were talking about, um, you were talking to a group of people and you basically said, you know, when I started this, I really, I really didn't know what I was doing. I kind of was figuring it out. And like you said, getting the rental space, uh, you know, getting people that, you know, to, yeah. 
to do the electrical work or to do the the plumbing work in the business space so you could set it up. And I think I think that's such a cool thing that I'm even figuring out at, uh, you know, almost 33 years old is just, you know, you, you, until you try it, like, you know, you, you're not you're not going to be an expert right out the gate. And I think that that's that's a cool spirit to have. You know what I mean? To just to just be willing to to try something. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that screen printing teaches you um, is that you learn by repetition and just by doing it over and over and over again. And that's how you get better. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm not a perfectionist at all. My, my dad's family, they, uh, they were a road paving family. And one thing that we always said growing up is when we were doing a project, we'd say, Hey, it's good enough for road work. (laughs) And, uh, and you know, when you're screen printing t-shirts, a lot of the mistakes that you make, not that we're trying to make mistakes or get mistakes past people, but, um, somebody an untrained eye isn't going to notice it in the same way that you are and right. we're going to evaluate things to a different level or inspect it differently than somebody else and uh you know most of the time you see a t-shirt from at least six feet away and so um some of the minor minor things just aren't worth uh sweating over and so um screen printing was good for me to learn i, I i'm self-taught i i figured it out for the most part on my own i had seen other people print um, read a few things here and there, but I mostly just learned by doing it over and over and over again. And, um, fortunately screen printing is one of those, uh, skills that, that will allow you to do that. And, um, it certainly isn't easy to get up and going. Um, and there were a lot of trials and errors, a lot of times where I just, you know, I didn't think I was going to get off the ground, but I, I'm fortunate in that, um, screen printing specifically just lends itself to that where you can make mistakes you're going to learn from it you're going to adapt and hopefully get better the next time you do it you know one thing that's really cool that i wanted to touch on with you too and and thanks again so much for the time john this is awesome um you know there's always been a um and you guys have branched out now if people and i'll put up the website and the links to the the description for this episode once it's published but uh you know people go to juke mode um, you know, I think the, the designs now, I mean, you've got like the Ohioan, uh, sweaters and, and, you know, mid Midwesterner right. and stuff. It, initially it was, it was super focused on Toledo, but what I thought was really cool about that was there was a historical tie-in. And I thought with the way that you presented your designs with your company was really awesome to me that I really hadn't seen at that time. You know, like I said, like we're talking about music, like, uh, and it's crazy the resurgence that have come back with band T-shirts. I mean, there's vintage stores yeah. here in Nashville that sell, you know, Metallica T-shirts for like a hundred dollars. It's insane. But I digress. But I thought what was really cool was um, there was always a historical tie into your designs. You know, one of them being, and 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 what I wanted to ask you if this was the first shirt that came after the trestle was the "You Will Do Better in Toledo" and the history behind that. So can you kind of yeah. kind of touch on that too? Not only that design, but um, just the the impetus for wanting to not just put out quality products but quality products that were tied into the community and the history of the community in Toledo. Yeah, the the first shirt that we made um for the city of Toledo that really fits in our city of uh, Toledo city pride line would be our you will do better in Toledo shirts. And um you know, we like to say we make vintage inspired shirts. And so um Sometimes that's a, a very um, deliberate tie-in to something historical. Other times it just may look like a vintage shirt. And um, 
the you will do better in Toledo shirt. It's uh, really um, the shirt's well known throughout Toledo, but the slogan is as well. And at the time when I started making that, it was most well known because it was in a bar called Wesley's, which is just down the street from us on Adam Street. And um, it was right there when you'd walk in. Uh, a lot of people would take photos in front of it. There was also a, um, a coffee table book, a postcard with a bunch of postcards in it from the Toledo Blade that was called You Would Do Better in Toledo. And, you know, it's just it's just such a positive slogan. The slogan dates back to 1913. It's got a really cool history. It falls al- along the lines of these, um, these big uh, electrical light-up signs that were, um, that were popular at that time. And uh, it sat on top of the Valentine Theater, which is still around today. Um, and it's one of those things where um, I think the nature of the slogan itself um, was it was positive, but it wasn't overly positive. After all, we're Toledo, okay? We're not New York City. Um, and so it's, it's saying, Hey, you know, you will do better here. It's not saying this is the best place ever. Um, and at the time there, um, I don't know what it was like when you were in high school, Mike, but we didn't, when I was in high school, we didn't spend a lot of time downtown. We didn't spend time going to Toledo. We didn't think about, um, going into the city to do things. And and when I started making this shirt, that was starting to change and it is different now. I'm sure when you come back, you're going downtown at least once. You're going to a bar or a restaurant, maybe a hockey or a baseball game. There are things to do there now. And so it kind of hit at the right time. There was this wave. There, there were younger people who um, weren't just stuck in Toledo. They, we were deliberately in Toledo. We were making the choice to be in Toledo and to make it a better place. And one thing I think is, um, history, is history is important because it reminds us of, of where we've come from and um and helps inform us of where we can go and toledo is one of those cities that's had a lot of ups and downs specifically in in downtown toledo and um i i personally enjoy highlighting the history of toledo in our shirts because it reminds people about what they love about toledo it connects them to um to not just the city but to the to their memories of of their family we have a lion store shirt. I think you're young enough to remember lion store, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, uh, you know, everybody has a good lion store memory. Uh, people remember it for Christmas gifts or their parents worked in the shoe department together. They met there and got married. Um, uh, moonlight madness. It's all those things. And there's so many other examples of that. And, um, it, it, it's nostalgia. It brings back happy memories. It, it ties people to Toledo and reminds them of, of what, you know, why they love the city and, and what they love about it. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and do you think it's been part of, you know, when you look at the growth and where you guys are now, I mean, even, even just, you know, like I said, having kept an eye on it from a distance, uh, it, I've lived in Nashville now, um, you know, for a little over five years. And uh, you look at the following that you guys have on Instagram. Uh, and again, you guys have expanded your line. And I encourage people to go to the website to, you know, you know, Michigander, Ohioan, Midwesterner, like it's, it's broadened uh, beyond Northwest Ohio. But uh, is that feedback that you get from your customers like, oh, this is so cool, because this t shirt reminds me of this or it reminds me of this place or this time? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're, it, 
it was always a challenge for us to expand beyond Toledo just because we know Toledo so well. And we think we bring a unique feeling towards Toledo shirts. That's difficult to duplicate authentically elsewhere. Okay. Um, especially as it relates to city pride. And, um, it is one of the neatest things when somebody comes into one of our stores and they see a shirt that we, they didn't know what that we had. One that comes to mind is we have a Maycomber shirt. Maycomber is a high school that's not around anymore in Toledo. We have so many people that come in and they go, oh, you have a Maycomber shirt? My dad went there. And, you know, it's immediate where they recognize why it's significant to them and um, and and who may enjoy that, who may may get a kick out of it. And so um, one of the greatest feelings – um, about what we do is when you see somebody out wearing your shirt and, um, it's tangible, you know, it it shows that, Hey, people cared enough to, um, to spend their money on it and wear it out um, in in public. And hopefully they love it where they're wearing it time and time again, you know, to compare that to musicians, it's probably the same when they hear their song being played, um, somewhere else, um, somewhere unexpected. And, and that's what happens for us. And, um, we, we do have two retail stores now. And so it happens more and more as we've expanded regionally, it's increased the reach for our Toledo shirts as well, because you may even have people that have moved out of town that weren't aware of us before, but as we've grown, um, they end up, you know, finding that we have these other shirts that relate to their childhood in some way or their hometown, which even if you live outside of Toledo, but you're from Toledo, you may love you, you hopefully still love where you're from. You love your family who's there. Um, and uh, actually, the is it the drummer? Is it the drummer from Weezer is from Toledo? Is it? I think it's either the guitar the, player or the, the bassist. It, okay. It, I think I, he went. I can't think of his name yeah. right now, but he was actually he had an Instagram photo not that long ago where he was wearing the the sports arena shirt. And you yeah. know things like that are super cool. And obviously he's famous. Um, but, uh, you know, to see somebody who's out of town ordering it, it's fun when we ship shirts all over the place. Um, and, you know, we've expanded pretty heavily into Ohio, um, pretty heavily into the Midwest. Um, our Midwest, we have an embroidered crew sweatshirt that just says Midwesterner. It was, uh, it, it was one of our most popular items last year. Um, it, it caught on like wildfire, wildfire for us last year and um, and, you know, it's the same thing there. It's people who um, are proud to be from the Midwest, to call themselves Midwesterners, or people that are proud to be from Ohio, uh, no matter where they are. And, um, and you know, I think Ohio, believe it or not, is a little unique in this. Um, I don't know what it's like where you're at now, but um, Ohio just has so many T-shirt companies that are doing this, and they're doing it on a fairly decent-sized scale. And I I don't see that other places. I don't see that in other states. And so, um, you know, probably one reason we're able to do what we do is just because Ohio generally has so much pride. And, um, you know, that might be a, a Rust Belt thing. It might be an Ohio-specific thing. It's It probably has something to do with the fact that um, a lot of people outside of Ohio don't speak too highly about it. But, you know, we're territorial. We're proud of where we're from. Where we're from. And so that's why we like to wear tea. You know, apparently it translates to wearing t-shirts that explain that yeah that's it's interesting you bring that up because um you know down here down here in nashville there's a lot of uh 
lot of vintage stores. You know, I'm sure you're obviously you're in the t-shirt game and, and the apparel business. So I'm sure you're well aware of, of, of the resurgence of the vintage tees, the rock tees. Um, during the pandemic, there was, it seemed like there was an explosion, even in like the, uh, the acid washing and the tie dye, oh. the oil wash, all that stuff is coming back. But, um, but yeah, I really haven't noticed, man. Um, there's, there's cool, you know, and my girlfriend and I, we, we try to support local businesses as much as possible, but yeah, I haven't noticed too many. There's maybe only one or two, honestly, that I'm aware of where it was like Nashville specific or, um, like I think down here there's, um, I think it's, if I'm getting this right, project six, one, five, um, makes a lot of like local, local stuff. And I think they have some stuff licensed with like the predators and the Titans and stuff. There's a lot of six, one, five hats and stuff, but um, but in terms of regionally, you know, in terms of like, like a Tennessee brand, you know, outside of the volunteers. Yeah. It's, it's, that's an interesting point. I don't notice too much of like Southeasterner or, you know, North, right. Northwesterner, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know, and I think, I think there's something to be said for that too, man, you know, um, being from Toledo, you know, like we talked about before we, we got the the ball rolling here uh, in terms of hitting the record button, like, you know, I, I got to a point where I thought, okay, you know, maybe I need to spread my wings and and fly elsewhere to maybe really reach the heights that I want to reach. And it was, you know, nothing personal against Toledo. I just felt like, okay, maybe I've gotten to my ceiling here. But at the same time, the lessons that I learned growing up, uh, the hard work that was instilled in me and my parents, there's definitely a blue collar, you know, you bring your lunch pail to work type of attitude right. that I grew up with that um, – has been really foundational to me in the way I approach life. And so maybe that's part of it with your brand too. There's just, there's a civic pride there because uh, there's a lot of hardworking people there that are are surviving. And, and I, it's, it's been exciting to me too, to see, like you said, you know, when I was a kid in the nineties, downtown was pretty much a ghost town. You know, the mud hens played right. at Ned Skeldon, which, you know, for people listening was outside of the, the even the Metro Toledo limits, really, I think, um, definitely outside the city limits yeah, of downtown. Um, so it's been really cool to see that resurgence, man. And uh, yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting aspect of it, for sure. Um, and the time that we have left, John, and, and I want to be respectful, man, and thanks again so much. This has been really fun. You know, you mentioned having two uh, brick and mortar locations, right? Um you know, obviously we went through everybody, you know, went through a really difficult time uh, last year, <clears throat> excuse me. And unfortunately, 2021's gotten off to a weird start, uh, to put it uh, succinctly, without getting into that rabbit hole. That's a different show. There's different content. Right. You can find that elsewhere. But all that being said, you know, one thing and one one reason I wanted to get you on here was because, you know, your your motivation, you know, outside looking in, obviously, it's the first time we've we've chatted it's not just profit. It's, it's, it's the story of the community, but it's also giving back to the community. Um, and you guys did that a lot and have done that a lot, but especially at a time when a lot of people really needed it the most in this year with the, with the global pandemic that everybody's been dealing with, with COVID-19. Um, can you speak on that a little bit, man? Cause I, you know, again, I'm not just saying this about your bread cause you were kind enough to do this show, but I, I think it's really cool for people to know, um, you know what what you guys are doing with the community because from from the research that I did, you raised over what was it over one hundred thirty five thousand dollars for your here for good campaign and and around sixty grand uh, in terms of supporting nonprofits. Yeah. In twenty twenty. Yeah. 
So the, yeah, just to touch on it briefly, 2020 wasn't easy on anybody, and it certainly um, was no different for us. We hung in there um, because we were fortunate that we weren't a restaurant or a bar um, or a place that was directly affected the way that they were. Um, You know, we were shut down for a little bit just like everybody else, but fortunately we were in a space where we could maneuver and we could pivot and we could be um, creative and, and, and frankly sell online and we were positioned to do that. And um, one thing that's been core to who we are since we started is our commitment to the community. Um, you know, it's, it's one reason that, that I think we do better in Toledo. It's because the people care about each other so much. People, you know, people in Toledo care about Toledo. They care about their neighbors. Um, and, and that's what makes it, so special. And so, um, actually the, um, we, we've always been involved with community initiatives, whether that's donating shirts, we donate typically about a hundred shirts a month to local nonprofits. That's something that we've been doing for a number of years. We're involved with things that happen on our street. Um, we're constantly making donations. It's a really easy thing for us to do. And it's, um, very simply where we, where we fit in the community and, but last year um, was a little bit different. We, um, we felt that there was a greater need and, and we fit a very unique space. And so um, we created a whole, quite a few um, fundraisers to sell shirts online to benefit people that needed it the most at that time. And um, backing up real quick, we created two years ago a community line of t-shirts that we've been selling on our website. And that actually started with the Christmas weed. I don't know, maybe you remember that, Mike, or hopefully yeah, you heard yeah. about that. Yeah. And so that, that was a phenomenon in Toledo and actually reached uh, national, national news, which Toledo doesn't reach national news for a positive reason very often. So we made a shirt, donated proceeds to a local shelter. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, that's our, our, since the Trestle t-shirt, that's the most popular shirt that we've ever had. We sold 3000 of them in, a, in under a month. I think it, it was wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, it created a new template for us. It created this community line of shirts. A few months later, um, we had our second official community shirt, um, where it was the first time that we actually called it a community shirt where we sold a shirt online and in our stores and we donated proceeds to an organization called mom's house. And, uh, we've been doing about six a year. Uh, we did six last year and we release them every month. We're back on track this year. Um, we have one right now for St. Paul's community, uh, center, which is a, a shelter, um, which shelters are, are in great need right now. Um, and it, it's become really important who we are to, um, to use, uh, our core business to help those that that we can and to help those that are doing good things in town um, and um, and so that was uh, that's a program that we've been running for two years it's something that has really picked up steam and led us into um, led us into everything that was going on with COVID-19 and the pandemic and the stay-at-home order in a good way because we were able to use that platform that we had already started to um, to create T-shirt fundraisers online for, uh, to support good causes, 
And so um, when everything started to happen, the first thing that we did, we had a shirt for United Way um, to support uh, a program, which a program that they had that was helping that it was helping people locally in Toledo to uh, uh, when everything was shut down, they were feeding kids who didn't have meals that they would typically have when they were in school and things like that. Um, we did a lot for healthcare workers. There was a program in town from Deets Barbecue um, to help healthcare workers. Um, and, um, and so those were specifically sold on our core website, jupmo.com. And um, we still maintain our every other month schedule with our community shirts. Um, the Here for Good program is a little bit separate. What makes our business a little bit different than a lot of other retail brands is that we we actually do the decoration in-house. We are a custom screen print and embroidery shop. And, um, and so we were in a position where not only were we selling online direct to consumer, but we were decorating the garments as well. So it gave us an ability to react really quickly. And we were kicking ideas around. And fortunately, we know some other shops uh, throughout the country. And we had an idea. We're like, okay, we need to figure out how to sell shirts for other people. Um, so that they can generate revenue during this time when, they're, when their business is closed. And um, another shop actually out of St. Louis came up with the name Here for Good. And uh, we adopted that just like, you know, 100 other shops throughout the country. And we ran this program called Here for Good. We sold shirts for other organizations, other businesses, basically anyone um, who needed to to create some revenue during that time when their business was closed or um, e even just, you know, dialed back a little bit. We sold them for $20. Um, we handled the printing, we handled the order taking, um, the sorting, the organizing, and the shipment. Um, we gave 10 bucks back to that organization or individual um, and the rest, uh, you know, kept us busy during that time and covered the cost of the shirt and everything else. And so, um, from what I can tell, we were one of the highest uh, selling programs throughout the country. We sold a thir over 13,000 shirts, which was it, it exceeded my expectations by far. And it was just really neat to um, to be able to pass that money directly to the businesses, whether it was a local coffee shop. Um, uh, you had an interview with Ottawa Tavern recently. Ottawa Tavern was a part of it. They sold... A number of shirts during that program um, and we even had organizations like the Toledo Zoo and so um, you know as organizations of all size all sizes it shows the community aspect of Toledo it shows how much Toledo supports Toledo cares about small small local businesses and supporting local people um, and that was uh, you know it, from a business perspective for us it was us being scrappy it was us fighting to keep our business together because 80% um, of our business is typically custom work. It's printing for schools. It's printing for events, nonprofits. It's printing for businesses. And that, and that collapsed during this time. And so this was us persevering and, and finding a creative way to, uh, to stay busy for me personally, to keep everybody employed and, um, and, and at work and, and we managed to do that. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's something that I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of the way our team responded to that. 
um, because they had to work really hard for it. They had um, to do, we had to do things differently and um, and, and and work really hard for it. And it, it. It's paid off for us. It was a good thing, and um, it it was really neat to be a part of it to see the way the community responded and um, and so it. It's it's a testament to Toledo. It's a testament to the hard work that um, we put in, that my employees put in, and um, and just to everybody, all the local businesses who fought to stay alive because it it, it wasn't easy. It was, it, you know, it was everything that people said it was. And so, um, you know, here we are, almost a year later, and hopefully this shakes out soon, and we see where we stand, and we're we're stronger for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think it's really cool that that you guys were able to to not only turn a negative into a positive, but like you said, still keep people employed, still keep people working because, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's like. Like my my day job is in is in healthcare and supply chain. So I'm not I'm not a frontline worker like my mom who's who's, you know, she she retired from St. Luke's uh, almost a decade ago, but but over the years has continued to do frontline, you know, patient serving work, uh, putting in pick lines and stuff. And so, you know, I I feel for all the the frontline healthcare workers, but but being in the supply chain end of things and just seeing how it's impacted, you know, the hospitals that that I service um, as part of my role um, and and the team that I'm on. Um, you know, it's crazy the the amount of people who have been affected by this virus, um, and and just the the negative ripple effect it had, right? Uh, with lives lost and families, and you you know, like you said, businesses and you know, restaurants, and even talking to Zach from Ottawa Tavern, you know, like they they I think they opened on Friday the thirteenth, right. and literally like that next day or that Monday right. had to shut everything down. It's crazy, you know. I so I imagine. think it's I think it's awesome that you guys were able to do what you did, man. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's uh, it was one of those situations where you had to do everything that you could, and um, you know, try things and and see what worked and and press your luck on those. And um, once again, we were fortunate that we uh, we were in a position where we could do that, and we felt that we were in a position where we must do that. Um, and fortunately, we had a foundation to sell online, and not only that, but we printed shirts ourselves. And there were times where um, you know, before we felt comfortable bringing people back, I'd be on there on my own, you know, I'd be in there on my own printing or with one other person. And we had to spread out around the building in creative ways and ways that we didn't have to before. And, um, so we adapted, but, um, we were fortunate that to be in a position where we could do that. Well, John, I, I really appreciate this, man. I told you I keep you 45 and we're close. Can, can I get another five or 10? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool, man. Uh, just a, a couple more things before we wrap up. And thanks again so much, dude. This has been awesome talking to you. And again, everybody go check out Jute Mode. Look at the descriptions in the podcast episode for this because uh, I really want you guys to support this this guy and his business, man. But um, you know, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. You know, You talked about your dad. Uh, and, and the influence of him and, and his nonprofit background with the work that he does. Uh, but also, you know, growing up um, Catholic, going to Central Catholic, going to Notre Dame, you know, even though this isn't a religious show, I, I'm like a spiritual dude. I grew up Catholic and, you know, I, I think, um, you know, having faith in tough times is really what, you know, gets you through ultimately when you don't really have anything else. You have faith, you know, and one thing, uh, you know, my grandpa, I wear his necklace every day. And on every episode of this podcast, I close it out by saying, keep the faith and be kind to one another, because that was something that 
he used to put in cards and stuff and would always kind of live by. It was like his own little mantra. Um, you know, for you, man, like how, how has your faith played a role not only in this year, but also in how you run your business and, and what are some of the core values of maybe growing up and maybe not necessarily tied to religion and maybe they are, but just with your upbringing and your parents and your faith, I mean, what combination of those things do you think uh, you still take with you every day as as a business owner and as somebody who has, you know, not only your own business, but people working for you? How does that tie into your leadership skills and the tough times that we just that, you know, we went through through 2020 that we hopefully, like you said, we're coming out on the other side of in 2021? And I'm sorry, I know it's kind of a loaded question, but I'm always no. curious, you know. <laughs> no, that's all right. You know, for me, um, uh, you know, I grew up in a suburb of Toledo. I went to Catholic schools my whole life. And, um, you know, it's easy to say I, I lived a very privileged, privileged, privileged life. You know, I come from a middle to upper middle class family. And, um, you know, I think the thing for me is that I, I, I don't know if I worked hard when I was young necessarily, but I think I had the capacity for it. And there were times where I probably did. Um, and I had a very supportive family. Um, even when I was getting started, they were, you know, if it wasn't my mom or my dad who was there with me, it might have been a sibling, um, a cousin, uh, whatever, wh whomever it was, you know, I had a, a network, a support system that um, really gave me the feeling that I, I was going to succeed or that if I wasn't succeeding at the moment, we could troubleshoot it and, and, and figure it out. Um, and, uh, you know, it also, I think I was raised with high expectations. And so there were times where I was just getting started and I, you know, I remember hitting walls at different times, uh, going back to when I was learning screen printing, where I, I couldn't figure out how to burn a screen for my life. And it's one of the most basic things that you can do when you're making a screen. And I remember sitting down and talking to my um, my wife, who's my girlfriend at the time, and I, I sat down. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to figure this out. And um, and, and she was super supportive. Um, she's been, you know, more supportive than anybody. And she's dealt with all the ups and downs that I, I've been through. And so um, it's really that, that support system for me who instilled confidence in me, um, allowed me to fail, and then expected me to you know, dust myself off, get back up and, and try again. Um, and I do think I had a, um, I, I have a pretty strong will. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. And so, um, I, you know, even when I was failing, I didn't want, um, it, it was that fear of failure that motivated me a lot. And I've learned over the years that if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, that eventually I'll, I'll, I'll get to where I need to be. And, um, and that's something that I've learned from my family. It's something I've learned from um, screen printing as well, is that um, I may not succeed the first time, but I know what it's like to fail. I've been here before, and um, I know that if I keep trying, if I work hard enough, if, if I work smart enough, I'll get through this and, and, and figure it out. Um, and so anymore, I'm in a, I'm in a position where um, I'm comfortable failing. I know what it's like. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I use it as a motivating factor. And 
um, you know, that's that, that's part of my confidence, I think. You know, I'm not an expert in what I do. I'm not the best at what I do. But there, uh, that comes into play in a big way because I've struggled through things and uh, through times in the business, stages of the business that other people weren't able to get through. And, and, and fortunately, um, that's gotten us to where we are. And, um, you know, looking back at 2020, 2020 was, a, was, was all about survival. It was about getting through it. Um, <clears throat> no, matter, uh, no matter who you are or where you are, um, it, it wasn't an easy year, as I said earlier. But it, for us as a company, it was just about getting through. And I, I have 25 employees. And, um, you know, I put it on my shoulders to get us through that. And I knew um, I had faith in, um, in myself and in the team um, because of our experience, because of the city that we're in and the support that we have from the people we've surrounded us with that we could get through this. And, and, and we did. Well, John, I, I greatly appreciate the time, man. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's been really cool to see the growth from from a distance. You know, um, you know, being around what fifteen years now uh, doing this with Jute Mode. So uh, I, I look forward to to every of you know new design that comes out and, and all the community work that you guys are doing. I just think it's really cool, and I'm 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 thankful that you took some time with me today. That we got a chance to share this story with people. Uh, before I let you go, man, just uh, I'll put up the links on the show, obviously, but tell people where they can find you and you know, what, what you've got maybe coming up for, for 2021 that you can talk about. So for, um, uh, for anybody listening, it's a little bit confusing. The company is Jupe Mode, which is J-U-P-M-O-D-E. Um, a lot of people drop an E in the middle there and, uh, <laughs> uh it's just J-U-P Mode. And so everything is Jupe Mode. It's jupemode.com. We're on Instagram. We're on, um, Facebook, Twitter. We even have a TikTok account. So if you're on social media, we're there. We think we have a uh, a pretty engaged audience. We like to do a lot of different things there. Um, and uh, and so you can connect with us there. If anybody has any questions about the business, specifically as it relates to screen printing, if anybody has a band, you're getting shirts made and just have questions, uh, want to price check somebody, feel free to reach out. Or um, if you need some advice, I'm happy to help, even if we're not the right place to, uh, to help you. There are a lot of good screen printers all over the country. Um, I can even point you in the direction of some that uh, specialize in, in the music industry. Um, but uh, the big thing that we're looking forward to in 2021, it, it's, it's, it's one thing, but it's for uh, two different lines for us. We actually launched some uh, shirt clubs in 2021. And so our Toledo community shirts, you can actually become a member or, or subscribe to the shirts. And in doing so, you get a discount on the shirts. And every other month when we release one, they come out. And we just launched one for Ohio. So we have an Ohio shirt club. Those are the two things. Granted, it's January right now, but I'm looking forward to those the most this year just because the more people that subscribe to the Toledo community shirt, the more money we're able to give back to that organization. And then the Ohio shirt club, it's something that surprisingly no one was doing in Ohio. There are a lot of great Ohio t-shirt companies, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, we're looking to expand our reach and we think, um, there's a lot of good things, a lot of, a lot to love about the state of Ohio and we're hoping to, uh, help spread that love. And so that'll be a, a big thing for us. Both of those, um, 
shirt clubs you can find on our website. Well, John, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Definitely keep in touch. I appreciate you going a little bit over. I try not to punish people and, and stick to the time, but uh, I greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, really love what you're doing and, and definitely going to continue to support you guys, man. Definitely keep in touch and thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. And when you're back in Toledo, you have to stop by one of the stores and let me know. I'm looking forward to it, dude. Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was my conversation with John Amato, owner of Jupe Mode Clothing Company based in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Please go check out the website, www.jupemode.com. That's spelled J-U-P-M-O-D-E. The links are in the podcast description for this episode. They've got all kinds of cool stuff, you guys, from crew necks to hoodies to sweats to raglans to some awesome buttery soft t-shirts, hats, you name it, they got it. Whether you're from the Midwest or not, man, they've got a lot of really cool vintage-inspired designs. The crew necks, I think, are really, really dope. The Midwesterner one, the Ohioan one, the Michigander one, all of those are super awesome. And actually, there's a banner. If you go to jupemode.com, they have their new Ohio Shirt Club for 18 bucks. You can sign up. So make sure you click that banner to find out more about their Ohio Shirt Club. New designs. You're in it if you get into the Ohio Shirt Club. So if you got Ohio pride, you love the Midwest, you love where you're from, the Buckeye State, definitely check out the Ohio Shirt Club. Thanks again, John, so much, man, for doing the show. It was great to catch up with you and get to know you a little bit, not just because we're fellow Northwest Ohio dudes, but also Central Catholic grads. Um, you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. I think it's awesome uh, that that you went there and got educated there, one of the best schools in the world. And the fact that, uh, you know, you went out into the world and turned that education into a company that not only puts out really awesome products, but is given back to people. To me, that's just, it's really awesome, man. So, you know, obviously with the Central Catholic Connection, it's always cool whenever somebody from the school that I went to is doing really good things in the world. But uh, for what it's worth, dude, I really appreciate the time out of your busy schedule running a company uh, having a wife and kids uh, to to speak with me for more than an hour and uh, talk about all the awesome things that Jute Mode is doing as far as giving back to the community. It's uh, I couldn't be happier to to have you on the show and to feature what you're doing. So again, everybody, please go check out John's business. There's great people working with him over there at Jute Mode. They they've got a great social media presence. You can find them on Instagram at Jute Mode. You can find them on Twitter at Jute Mode facebook.com forward slash jute mode again all those links are in the podcast description so please go support that company like i said they've got a lot of really cool clothing items i myself have a raglan from them that says glass city on it that's the nickname for toledo it's super soft super comfortable i've purchased a, a toledo sports arena shirt that's in the toledo gold diggers colors of green and yellow for those of you who don't know Toledo actually has some pretty rich hockey history and some minor league hockey history. And if you've ever seen the movie Slapshot, from what my dad told me, uh, the Toledo Gold Diggers games were were a lot like that. Uh, that it was pretty rowdy at the the Toledo Sports Arena. You can you can Google it. I don't know if you can find any video because that was back in the '70s, man. But uh, you can you can find uh, you know more information about that team. They had some championship teams. I believe Mike Ruzioni, who played on the 
USA team in 1980. I'm, I'm pretty sure Mike Ruzioni played for the Toledo Gold Diggers for a little bit. So a lot of rich hockey history in Toledo. And one of my mentors and friends down here in Nashville is a huge hockey fan. Uh, grew up in, uh, you know, at least a part of his life in East Toledo. So he was a huge Toledo Gold Diggers fan and, and Toledo hockey fan from back in the day. So I digress, but they've got a lot of really cool designs. Like I said, I'm an owner of the Raglan. Uh, I've I've purchased that shirt for for uh, my friend and mentor. So I'm speaking from experience, man. Buttery soft, super comfortable, a lot of cool designs. So like I said, you don't have to be from the Midwest, man. If you're just into fashion, if you're just into really comfortable, cozy clothing, you know, something that you can walk the dog in, something that you can wear around the house when you're chilling and, and watching Netflix or something that you can wear out in public. I they've they've got it all, man. So definitely go check out jutemode.com. And once again, I want to say thank you to everybody who's who's aboard the the pirate ship of March 4th, man. It's uh again, we're we're building. Uh I'm not famous, you know. I'm not uh I'm not somebody that's uh got a million, you know, followers and stuff like that, but at the same time, we all start somewhere. This is something that I love to do. It's a passion of mine. I went to school for journalism. Uh, I, I, I used to write feature stories and stuff back in the day. And, uh, you know, the interviews that I got to do for those stories for uh, Toledo Free Press were foundational to me starting to this uh, starting this podcast and, and getting the opportunity to share these stories from people. So, you know, whether it's musicians, business owners like John, or just everyday people out there hustling and overcoming obstacles and pursuing their dreams. I really hope that you guys get inspired when you listen to these shows. It's a pleasure to bring them to you. I plan to keep bringing them to you twice a month, first and third Tuesday every month. And, uh, you know, hopefully as things continue to build and continue to grow, uh, I can give you guys more content as time goes on. But right now we're doing it bi-monthly, first and third Tuesday of every month. So thank you so much again to everybody who's who's still aboard the pirate ship I hope you enjoyed that episode, and I plan to give you more fun ones in the future. So once again, thank you to everybody for listening. March4th.podbean.com is the host site. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Ballman. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please spread the word about Jute Mode. Please tell the friend your friends about the podcast and uh, spread love and be good to each other. Stay safe, wear your mask, and as always, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace. Peace.